Good evening. We're going to go ahead and get started. I'm going to start us off with a word of prayer tonight. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for tonight. We're thankful for uh, the good things we have in you. We're thankful for a Savior. We're thankful for the forgiveness of sin. We're thankful for uh, the opportunity to gather tonight. I pray, Lord, uh, that you are known through it, that you're glorified in it. I pray for all of our teaching that will go on tonight in all of our classes, uh, for, our, for our kids, for our youth, our other adult classes as well. I pray that, that you would speak through your word, that your truth, uh, that a foundation of your truth would be stacked and built upon, and that this wouldn't be just an evening that came and went, uh, but that we would, we would draw closer to you, that we would be instructed in your truth, and that you would be pleased in the entire process uh, Lord, we ask now that as we go into the time to study your word, that you again uh, would give us ears to hear, minds to understand, and I pray that, that again your church will be built up at this time. We tell you we love you and we praise you, and I pray in Christ's name, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, tonight we're going to start on our 50th lesson uh, in the grand scheme of things, a survey of scripture starting in Genesis, going all the way to the book of Revelation. We are back in the Proverbs we went through a section of the Psalms tonight. We're going to go continue going through a section of Proverbs. Uh, some of these things we've talked about on Sunday night, some of them we're going to reinforce as we go through our study tonight. Uh, so again, we're going to pick up in, in a study in the Proverbs. Our lesson tonight is entitled, God's Sure Recipe for Success. God's Sure Recipe for Success. Uh, our key verses are found in, in Proverbs chapter 6. Verses 6 through 11, we'll read those verses, we'll look at those verses, and then we're going to look at a whole bunch of other verses tonight as well. So again, our key verses, uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. Our key point, if you have our worksheet tonight, our key point is God wants us to be successful. Now, when I say that, that might sound uh, crazy. There's a lot of uh, misteaching on this subject that robs it. Uh, of, its, of its truth, of its validity. But the truth is God wants us to be successful. He even gives us, in his word, the, tri, the, tried and, the tried and true recipe for success. And that is this, work. Uh, there is a recipe that is scriptural, that is in, in the Bible, uh, that God gives us that we would be successful. And that recipe uh, really is, is one word, it's the word work. As God's people, we are to be diligent, hard workers, and as we are, we can be sure that God blesses hard work. So, tonight, in God's Word, we're going to see the secret for success is work. As believers, as God's people, we're to be diligent workers, we're to be hard workers, and as we are, we can be sure God blesses hard work. Today, as I talk to folks, you'll, you'll probably say the same thing as I talk to business owners they will say today the number one limiting factor for the success of their business is a, a deficit of workers, of people that will work, that will show up on time, that will be able to think and to produce something. And they say, you know what, I could grow my business. We would have three stores by now. We would have four of these by now. Uh, but the limiting factor is a deficit of workers. I believe that is crippling uh, our economy in our world today. All right, back, let me give you a review on Proverbs very quickly uh, before we head into our lesson. Really, the, the point of this is to keep a point of perspective. Uh, once again, we are gaining God's wisdom, 
given to us through his word. So what are we doing tonight? We are gaining God's wisdom given to us through his word. Uh, Once again, we need to remember the perspective. God is the creator of all things. He is the one that's outside of time. Uh, He is the one that has no limits. He's the one that's infinite in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And he has decided these are truths that we need. So I think that's a pretty good perspective. This isn't, hey, this is some good information. Hey, this is something that will help you along. The creator God of all things, infinite in all wisdom, has decided these are the things we ought to know. These are the things that we should remember. Well, that's what we have in the Proverbs. God's wisdom given to us what he has deemed uh, profitable for us to know. All right, so now we're going to start into our lesson. First section, if you have your worksheet, is this. The secret for success. The secret for success. I think it's interesting. There's a lot of folks that are looking for some secret to success. There's a bunch of motivational speakers. Uh, There's a bunch of books, a bunch of self-help books. There's a bunch of trainings that you can go to, and you can pay somebody uh, to, to help give you a secret for success. Well, the secret for success, God has told us, is very plainly, to work. You want to know what the secret is? It's not a secret. There's no, there's no rhyme that you have to settle or no riddle that you have to put together. The secret is hard work. God has told us very plainly, things will go well and we will be successful when we are diligent and active in working toward our goal. All right, let's go to our verses. Proverbs chapter 6. I'm going to read the whole set of verses and then we'll go back and look at verse by verse. Go to the ant, look at the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways, and be wise, which having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep and a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, your poverty will come upon you like a vagabond and your need like an armed Man, all right, that's the full section. Let's start back with verse 6. Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways, and be wise. Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways, and be wise. Uh, to, To be wise is not to just have the information. Uh, To be wise is to actually have the information, but know the why behind why you would put it into practice, that you would carry it out. And so there's a lot of folks that know a bunch of facts, know a bunch of information. This is more than just knowing facts. It's actually knowing something, but knowing the why behind it so that you'll be obedient and put it into action. Uh, God uses this story, this example, uh, to show us how to be wise when it comes to the subject of work. He's going to use the example of an ant. Uh, It's a very pertinent, very easily understood example. But he's going to show us in the life of an ant uh, principles that we would put into practice that would make us wise. I want to say this before we move move off to the next part. In giving this very specific wisdom, we can see that God cares about our success. Um, Now, he doesn't just say, well, here's this blanket thing. It's actually very directed. Look at the ant. Learn from the ant. When it comes to the subject of work, follow the the example of the ant. 
God cares about our success. He wants us to do well as his people. He wants us to not be in need or in want. Now, there's, there's sometimes we wonder, well, how involved is God in our individual lives? Hey, he's made a way for us to be saved. Does he care about uh, your success? Does he care about your business? Does he care about your work ethic? How involved is God in our individual life? Well, we see here he's very involved. He's intimately involved, so much so that he tells us how to work and what our work life ought to look like. God cares, God sees, God knows. He's intimately involved in the lives of his people. Right, let me read verse six again. Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways and be wise. All right, the next section, the you in success. The you in success. I'm gonna read Proverbs 6, 7, and 8. Verse 7 says, which having no chief, verse 6, look at the ant, observe the ant, verse 7, which having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. All right, the example that God uses here is of a working ant. Now think about this ant. He tells us this. The ant has no boss. There's no boss. The ant has no coach, nobody to coach, no other ruler. This ant in its business is self-directed and self-motivated. Now, there's a bunch of ants in the nest, but there's nobody lining them out. There's nobody saying, hey, it's time to get up and go do these things. The ant is self-directed and self-motivated. Here's something we learn in these two verses. The key to our success is being self-directed and self-motivated. The key to our success is to discipline yourself to work. Now, think about that to actually discipline yourself to work. Now, there's a couple motivations that might force us or push us to work. Uh, you might want to please others. Uh, you might want to avoid punishment. Now, those motivations aren't going to cut it. Sometimes there's not going to be somebody there to watch you, not somebody there to, to crack the whip over you. Uh, you're going to have to be self-motivated. So, the key to success is that you're going to have to motivate yourself, be self-motivated when it comes to work. Now, I thought about this, and you can just think about it. Is self-motivation a natural thing? Does it come naturally? Or is there something that has to motivate us? And I thought about it, and I really went both ways. There's no right or wrong answer. Uh, I think there's some folks that they're self-motivated. And they wake up self-motivated. And you don't have to line them out. They just wake up and they're self-motivated. There's other folks uh, that, that are not so much. And maybe they need a, a factor to help motivate them. Now, let, me, let me read Proverbs 16. Verse 26. A worker's appetite works for him, for his hunger urges him on. A worker's appetite works for him, for his hunger urges him on. All right, so what we're seeing here is the secret to success is being self-motivated. But you know what? There are some things that push 
our motivation. Basically, it's this. To accomplish something, your desire to accomplish it has to outweigh the cost of accomplishing it, which means this. Your desire to accomplish this thing has to be greater than the effort it's going to take, the time that's going to take, the money that it may cost. Basically, the motivation has to be greater uh, than the cost of acquiring it. It's as simple as what do you want? Uh, what do you want? Your want to has to be greater than the cost or you'll never push off high center and get something done. Now think about that ant. The strong motivation for the ant is life and death itself. It can stay home, but you know what? It's going to starve to death. It can stay home and not go to work. It's going to run out of food and it's going to perish. For that ant, failure is not an option. Uh, the, the result will be nothing less than death. And so because failure is not an option, the ant gets up and goes to work. So for this, this part of our lesson is, is you are the you in success. You have to be self-motivated. You have to be the one that pushes yourself to seek the goal, to accomplish the goal. Here's, here's that just summed up pretty simply. You're the one responsible. If it's going to get done, you're the one responsible. You're going you're to work and accomplish something, you're the one responsible. It rests on you. Here's something that the world tries to put in, especially here lately. Um, we like to blame somebody else. Somebody else is going to be responsible. Somebody else will take care of me. If I don't work hard, somebody will mail me a check. If I get in a bad spot, somebody will bail me out of it. My parents will do that. The government will do that. Uh, somebody else will do that. To be successful, you have to be self-motivated, and the you in success is you. It, it rests with you. The responsibility falls on you. All right, next point. No time like the present. No time like the present. Now, this one I think is very um, probably pertinent for all of us, probably very meaningful or needed uh, for all of us. Good intentions are a starting place, but they're not enough. I wonder how many folks say, you know what, I, I was going to do that. I was going to get that done. I was going to start that business. I was going to take care of these things with my kids. Uh, pick the thing. I wonder how many folks had good intentions but never got anything done, never got moving forward. Good intentions are the starting place. We have to have good intentions, but they're not enough alone to produce results. Um, here's something else. Work done late also does not produce success. And so you have to do the work. Good intentions aren't enough to produce results, but work done late also does not produce uh, success. Notice in the account of the ant, the ant works in the summer and works in the harvest. Both of those are the opportune times. Doesn't do any good to show up and work out of season. The ant shows up and works at the opportune time in season. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 5. He who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4.
the slugger does not plow in the autumn. And so he begs during the harvest and has nothing. Procrastination is probably one of the greatest distractions to productive work. Uh, a lot of good intentions, a lot of, a lot of great plans. Uh, hey, we've got the, we know what to do. We've got, we've got that understood, but we procrastinate in doing it. I, I think this is true. A person can always find a reason not to do something. I'm too tired. It's too late. It's too early. It's too hot. It's too cold. I don't have the right tools. I don't have the right help. A person can always find a reason to wait till later or put it off to tomorrow. Uh, putting things off is a sign of trouble. There's going to be trouble in the result. There's going to be trouble in the process. Um, and then it, it's also a sign that there's going to be future consequences. Um, over and over again, if somebody's not getting something done, if somebody's not taking care of business, it's a sign that there's a problem, and it's for sure a sign that there's going to be problem, uh, problems to come. Let me go back and read that. Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways and be wise, which having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. All right, here's the question. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, your poverty will come in like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. I want you to think about this for a second. Can you think of any task that doesn't fall within an ideal time frame? Which means there's a best time to do this thing. Um, I, I was thinking about that, you know, with the old proverb, you got to make hay while the sun shines. Now, there is a season, there is a time to do things. Um, there, there's a time to get this done. There's a time to plant your garden. There's a time to, to harvest something. There's a time, uh, and if you get outside of the, the time frame, you may get something done, but you're not going to be successful because there, I believe, is a time frame, an ideal time frame for all things. There's a time to roof your house. There's a time to make sure it's not going to leak. There's a time to make sure the kids uh, have these things. In a short while, they'll leave your home. There's an ideal time frame, and we have to be aware of that. So it, it's not just a good intention, it's actually carrying it out, it's understanding being late uh, doesn't produce success, and it's also understanding there is a time frame to get things done. The real, really the question becomes how important is organization and preparedness to productive work? It is essential to say, you know what, here's the plan, here's why there's a plan, and I'm going to stick to this plan. I think something to, to think about, um, in our day, we have many distractions. And you can even be at work and be inefficient because you're distracted at work. And I, I don't know if I was at a store, I won't say the name, but I was at a store the other day, and the, the people are all on their phones. The person putting stuff on the deal is on their phone. The person at the cash register is on their phone. People are trying to do business. People are trying to ask for help. People are trying to check out, and people are just wasting time on their phones. So it's not just about being at work. It's about being efficient, uh, productive while you're at work. 
All right, the next point on your, on your worksheet, what you put in, what you put in. Here's a great truth, and I think the earlier we learn it, the better, and the, the more clearly we understand it, the better it's going to be. What you put in is what you're going to get out. What you put in, that formula holds true, is what you get out. In the New Testament book of Galatians, it says, what you uh, sow is what you're going to reap. What you're, what you're going to sow is what, is what you're going to reap. Uh, that holds true. What we put into it uh, matters for what we get out of it. In order to see success from your work, you have to put in an effort and commitment into your work. Here's the truth. And the harder you work, the greater the payoff is. The harder you work, you're efficient, you're prepared, you're diligent in your work, you're taking care of yourself, the harder you work, the greater the payoff is. One of the, one of the things, uh, it's it stuck with me for about 20 years now. Uh, you, you can go look it up on, on YouTube, I believe. There's a video by Ray Lewis. And Ray Lewis tells his testimony, his story about he goes to the University of Miami. He only has two pair of jeans to his name. He's not in the media guy. They don't even know who he is. But he says this, no one's ever going to outwork him. No one's ever going to outwork him. And he says, results follows work. Here's what I've decided. That 100% holds true. Results, I don't care what the result is. If you're, in, if you're in band, if you're in business, if you're in a sport, if you're in a church, results always follows work. Uh, it's not the other way around. You've got to work, you've got to put the work in, and results will follow that. Proverbs 10.4. Poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Proverbs 12, 27. A lazy man does not roast his prey, but the precious possession of a, of a man is diligence. Proverbs 14, 23. In all labor, there is profit. That's what God says. In all labor, there is profit. But mere talk leads only to poverty. You get what you put in. The harder you work, the bigger the payoff. Results always follows work. I think it's interesting. Uh, we see it in our culture, but we start to see it in the church. Uh, there is a popular teaching, uh, the prosperity teaching, which teaches that you can have success without work. Well, that's not what God says. God says when you work is when it pays off, and the hand that's diligent has a reward. The person that goes out and hunts ends up with the food. Um, results follow work. I was thinking about this. What is it? Why does God care? What is it about hard work that honors God? What is it about? Why does he care? What is it about hard work that honors God. And I thought about that. I think there's something about character. I think there's something about initiative. I think there's something about uh, nobody owes me anything. I'm going to take my hand and I'm going to go to work. I think it shows that you trust what God has said. I think it shows that you have a, a different lifestyle than the rest of the world. There's a lot of things that are pointing to God, honoring God when it comes to work. Last point on our study now, I actually got one more after this, but the last one on your worksheet a matter of priorities, 
a matter of priorities. Self-motivation happens when the value of what you seek overrides the cost and effort of securing it. What that means is if you want a new car, that new car has to be more important to you than the time you're going to lose, the effort you're going to put into it, the cost of the sacrifice to get the car. Now, if that car is more valuable than that, you'll do the work. You'll put in the work. But the, 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 the value has to be greater to you than the cost that it's going to require. So it comes down really to a matter of priorities. And that's, that's the last point of the whole lesson. It, that ant doesn't want to starve in the winter. And so it's a matter of priorities. We're going to work in the summer. We're going to work in the harvest. It comes down to a matter of priorities. So the question then becomes, so what do you value? What do you value? What is it that you, that you think is worth sacrificing for? Is it service in the church? Is it making sure you got enough retirement to get all the way to the end? Is it making sure your kids are, are raised and taken care of in this period? What is it that you value uh, that, enough that you'll spend your time on it? Proverbs 12, 11. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who pursues worthless things lacks sense. Let me read that again. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who pursues worthless things lacks sense. All right, that word um, worthless, it, it, it really means this, empty. Pursuing empty things, things with no payoff. Um, another translation says foolish, things that, that bear no fruit, that have no consequence, foolish things. And so you can, you can spend your time chasing, pursuing, investing your time in empty things, in foolish things. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who pursues worthless things Lacks sense. All right, I want you to do something and do it in your head and you don't have to say it out loud. I want you to think about your last week. Here it is Wednesday. Here it is uh, 7 o'clock in the evening. Uh, go back one week, last Wednesday at 7 o'clock to this Wednesday at 7 o'clock. And I want you to think about Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday was a holiday, Tuesday, and then, and then Wednesday we're back here right now. I want you to make an inventory of all those hours and I want you to think about it and just consider it for yourself. How many of those hours last Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, how many of those hours were spent on profitable pursuits? Now, it doesn't mean always to make money, but it could be to learn something, to serve somebody, to know Christ. How many of those hours were spent on meaningful pursuits? And then I want you to think about this, and how many of those hours were spent on things that were empty, not going to produce anything, looking at a screen, watching something, uh, something that's going to produce no fruit, and then think about what was your priority set. Seven days, God blessed you with it, God gave it to you, how did you invest your time over the last seven days? I think that's very probably convicting for all of us. 
uh, that we want to be diligent in what we do uh, to work, uh, to serve Christ, to produce a meaningful result. After I finished all that, I think, man, that's a lesson. You know, some of you are sitting here going, well, I'm retired. I don't know how that pertains to me. You still have a set number of hours uh, that, that God's given you. They're still very important. I, I think our kids need to be hearing this where they're at and four-year-olds and eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds. Our youth need to understand there's going to be success, but it's going to be when you work. And if you're not going to work, uh, you're, you're not going to find it. We need to teach this. We need to talk about it. Uh, we, need, we need to be reminded of it. But then I, I also thought of one last thing, and that is this. When we work, it honors God. When we work, God will bless it. But there is one area where we cannot work. And I was reminded of that. There's one area where we're not able to work, and that is our salvation. And when it comes to that, you have to rest in Christ. You know what? Work hard in your life. Be diligent. Make a plan. But when it comes to your salvation, you have to understand there's nothing you can do. There's no work that would impress God. There's no work that would buy your salvation, and you rest in Christ. It's very interesting. That was always the intent of the Sabbath day. Go all the way back to the Old Testament. Work hard. Take care of your business. But on this day, you're not going to do anything. Now, that was always a training that there's going to be a time we rest in Christ that we're going to trust Christ and our salvation is secure in him. Work hard, be diligent, but understand this. We rest in Christ when it comes to our salvation. He has finished the work. We trust in him in faith. Glad you're here. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for tonight, we're thankful for the truth of your word. I pray that we've been reminded. I pray that we've been encouraged. And I pray whether we're a young adult or a, a person in the middle of raising kids or a retired adult, that we would understand we have hours uh, that you've blessed us with. We have hours that we're stewards of. And I pray, Lord, that we'd be profitable for your name's sake, profitable, uh, diligent workers pointing to you, especially in your service. And then I'm thankful most of all that when it comes to salvation, that we do not have to earn it, we can't, uh, we, that we don't have to try to strive to keep it. We're not able, uh, but we trust in you and we turn to you, our Savior. Lord, I pray for our kids uh, learning this lesson tonight. Let it strike a chord. Let it build a foundation for them. I pray for our youth in a world that, that, that encourages um, a lack of work that would reward that even. I pray that our kids would look like you and honor you as they, as they serve and they work in diligence. Uh, Lord, we're thankful again for your truth, for your word, and we pray for our church. Bless it, encourage it. Pray for those that are sick tonight, those that are ill tonight. I pray for the Craig family and their, and their loss to their funeral today. I pray that you can comfort them. Uh, we trust all this to you, and I pray in Christ's name, in Jesus' name, amen.